Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and thank you for joining us. Uh, this is episode number 17, and uh, we are part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Visit punknews.org, and you can check out all the latest and greatest with your favorite bands, music reviews, show reviews, and there's also a ton of shit talking as well. Uh, and you can look look for that in the comment section over any news post. There will be conversations that are not even related to the news that gets posted in the first place, which I kind of find funny. It's usually even like the first post. Someone's just asking, hey, did you watch the latest episode of Breaking Bad? And it's like, isn't there like a message board to do that with? But regardless, punknews.org, and we're happy to be a part of it. Um, let's get some other business out of the way first, then we'll dive in. Um, follow us on Twitter at 100 words podcast and, uh, more exciting than anything else. Finally, finally, finally figured out what to do with the website. Go to 100 wordspodcastcom And, uh, if you are a Tumblr user, you can follow us there. Um, some of you have wrote in and, uh, really enjoyed what the previous podcast that I did with some friends, uh, called first world problems. What we did with that, a little segment called Quick Hits, where basically we recommended either music, movies, or food, pencils, whatever. Um, so some of you were requesting that that kind of come back. So that is coming back. That's actually something that uh, I've started to do. I started posting recommendations on the site, just little things that either I'm listening to or checking out or whatever the case may be. Eventually, I'll start to bring in some guest contributors from that perspective. So yes, follow the website 100wordspodcast.com and I also would encourage you to rate the show if you have been listening to it because I'm not going to lie, download numbers are are pretty great. They're actually pretty impressive when I log in and look at them I said, wow, that many people decided to download the Tommy Rogers podcast, which by the way, episode number 14, most popular podcast I've ever done in my entire life. So there's a lot of people that check that out. so anyways, rate the show. You can either click five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever the case may be. Uh, it just makes us look cooler in iTunes. And uh, if you don't like listening on iTunes, that website that I referenced you, I post a little flash player and people can check it out that way. And uh, they don't even have to worry about downloading stuff. They can just listen to it right there. Um, when I post this episode, I will be in Hawaii. Ha <laughs> ha for one of uh, my annual vacations with my family, and uh, I'm pretty stoked. So when you are listening to this, I may or may not be flying and or on a beach or sleeping or doing something in a tropical location. So um, that's the beauty of time travel and travel on airplanes and all those other things. So anyways, um, I also would like to mention something else that I have been consuming recently uh, a zine called Rump Shaker Fanzine. Uh, for those of you that are too young to remember, uh, a lot of the punk, hardcore, independent music community used to actually publish magazines. Um, and when I say magazines, I mean something, you know, not like your Entertainment Weekly or Time, but uh, similar in fashion as far as it looks like a magazine, but, uh, it's all independently published either through Kinko's or some random printing press. Um, needless to say, Rump Shaker fanzine, this is the sixth issue. Um, it, it's one of the best scenes out there, plain and simple. There are not many that exist now, um, uh, but this newest issue, which has been, I think 10 years in the making, <laughs> um, he has a lot of different interviews with people like, Mike Judge from the band Judge, uh, Ceremony, Fucked Up, um, trying to think of what else. There's just a lot of cool stuff. And my own personal favorite thing is uh, he actually sits down with people uh, that are sort of luminaries within the scene, so to speak, uh, and their mothers. So like in this issue, he interviews Walter Schreifels from Quicksand Rival Schools and his mom. And he sits down with Dan Yemen from Lifetime, Kid Dynamite, Painted Black, and his mom. And it just provides an insight that people just aren't able to see ever because you view a person through however you're consuming their music or you've met them at a show or whatever. But, you know, our parents know us in a completely different light. And uh, it's always interesting to kind of see that. And that's kind of why I always ask questions 
within the podcast about, you know, these our guests and their relation to their family, um, just because you can see so much of why a person does what they do based on their familial relations. So anyways, rumshakerfanzine.com. Um, I think that's the website. If not, I apologize, but you can Google it. Um, and you'll be able to find it. I think it's like 10 bucks. I ordered it immediately and it was an amazing $10. It's super thick too. I think like 160 some odd pages. So Check it out, enjoy it, and uh, let me know what you think of it. Anyways, my guest this week is uh, Chris Hansen, the owner, CEO, slash badass of No Sleep Records. Uh, I've known Chris for a long time, and full disclosure, I actually help Chris, Chris professionally um, with some financial stuff, but this is not a cheap plug for his record label. Um, like I said, I've known Chris for quite some time. Uh, he'll take you through his uh, career moves uh, when we talk about the interview, or when I talk to him in the interview. Um, but he's just—he's uh, definitely one of my closer friends now, and uh, I was really excited to sit down and like have this open and honest conversation. I'm not gonna lie, this is definitely the most in-depth I've gotten with a guest as far as their own trials and tribulations and kind of how they've grown as a person just because I've known Chris for so long. So it was easier for me to make my own observations and kind of be able to have him open up about those observations. Um, so yeah, but no sleep records is a, an amazing independent record label. Uh, they actually provide the music for our intro, uh, that band balance and composure, the music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of the podcast, that is that band. Um, and they also put out records from the Wonder Years and Law Dispute and Aficionado and yeah, nosleeprecords.com and you can find out all the information you possibly can. Um, but it's really hard to have an independent record label these days because clearly the music industry has changed a lot. Um, and so the fact that he's been able to make this successful over the past, especially over the past two to three years is, uh, you know, kind of flaunting in the face of how other record labels are shrinking and downsizing and he just kind of continues to grow so anyways open and honest conversation i was really excited to do this and uh, i went over to his apartment and uh, we started talking about uh, all of this fun stuff so here it is hope you enjoy i i'm not gonna lie i was i'm very, I've been thinking about obviously doing this for a while with you because obviously I see you quite often. But I was excited to do this because I think that, um, I mean, not only do you have a lot of different experiences within the music industry that obviously you can share to people, but um, you're, you don't fit a certain mold within independent music as far as like, you know, whether it's like your own beliefs. Um, but yeah, you just, you're, you're not, not the typical dude. Mm. and um yeah i mean in 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 a good way in my opinion so that's why i was always excited to be like chris will be perfect for this well uh release a lp of this recording (laughs) yeah this this could be the uh the chris hansen spoken word quadruple 12 inch this is this will be like a four-hour interview yeah no worries (laughs) i mean we'll have uh let's do some remixes of everything that makes sense to me we're, we're basically going to make a canal uh, Okay. Then we can do some dubstep remixes. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. But you were uh, you were born and raised essentially in Southern California, yeah. right? Yeah. I was born in Fountain Valley. Okay. And then grew up in Lincoln. Yeah. So did your, uh, did your parents, like you lived in Fountain Valley or just, that's where they had Yeah, you? I was just born at the Fountain Valley General Hospital or whatever mm-hmm. off of uh, Warner. Do they have a plaque above the room where you were born? Oh, of course. Right. You bought that for them? Yeah. And I, I bought it for them. Like, hey, you don't know who I am. Yeah. So here's a plaque. Little do you know. I don't know which room I was born in, but <laughs> just put it above one room and say it's Yeah, funny. exactly. Yeah. Nice plaque. Right. Better than the PETA one. <laughs> um, that one doesn't exist. No, no, that one doesn't exist. Um, I knew it. So you were, so yeah, you born in Fountain Valley, but then your parents lived in Huntington, so that's yeah, essentially, like yeah, you, yeah. you view your formative years as growing up in Huntington. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was born in Fountain Valley, we lived in Huntington, yeah. Grew up on Normandy Lane. Normandy Lane? Normandy Lane. Okay. Over by St. Normandy Church. 
So then what would your porn name be? You have to do your middle name. Yeah, your middle name and the street you were born on. William Normandy. That's pretty good. <laughs> I always love my mine is Edward Giverney. Edward Giverney. That that's where I lived most of my life, yeah. like in and that's it's like a French porn William star. William Normandy. That's pretty good. I think that there's probably a porn star that already exists with that name. Well, he's going to die. <laughs> that's my name. Um, in Normandy. And so what, do, what did your, uh, what did your parents do, like, job-wise? Uh, my mom, she do that. Well, she worked. I mean, not like, not, not like when you were born, but just like, you know, yeah. your, your memories as you were kind of, you know. Uh, my dad, out. like, he, office, well, not office manager, like, accountant slash manager slash whatever of, like, uh, savings alone, and then when that went out, and then he okay. He was he was a working professional. Yeah, he's a working professional. Got it. He's a working professional. My mom was office manager. Sure, sure. Somewhat accounting as well. Yeah, yeah. And how long had they? Because you you are an only child. Yeah. How long were they married before they had you? Uh, I know it's tough to remember. Like, yeah, it's here. Like they they wanted to have kids. You weren't like, yeah, oh, here's they, here's a surprise. Well, they uh, found each other later in life, sure, as well. So they were like, they're fairly older, right? Already, like, like as a kid, my dad feels like was my grandpa and stuff. And uh-huh. I want to say they're married probably like five years, maybe longer than that. Sure, but the obviously it's since they were than actually maybe ten, right? I don't really know exactly yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, since like you, like you said, since they, I didn't know that they found each other later in life. Mm-hmm. Like, had they previously been married before? No. Okay. Neither had been married. And so, well, that's that's pretty romantic that yeah. they would. My dad uh, was a little bit of a ladies' man. Oh yeah. For a while, he yeah. didn't uh, didn't didn't peg himself down to anybody. No. Nope. One of a... my uh, favorite stories my mom always tell me. Well, uh-huh. my dad said too, but my mom <laughs> mentioned it recently. Uh, after they got married, uh, they were at like his place. That's where they lived, and then some like girl called on the phone, like asking for him. That mom's like, no, this is his wife. Yada yada. <laughs> Step, step off, bitch. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, like, you're, I mean, you never experienced, your dad would just tell you stories about that. Like, there wouldn't be too much, like, real life experience where you were just like, oh, wow, like, my dad was kind of a player. Yeah, no, I mean, he wasn't, like, really, but he yeah. just, like, he had a lot of girlfriends. Sure, sure. Like, I remember my mom told me something about, he had, like, one time he had, like, I think it was three girlfriends. Just he was, juggling. Yeah, he was just juggling. I find, like, the ladies. <laughs> We we have we have a lot of similar experiences because my dad my dad was totally the same way like he would uh, such a distinct memory but I think I was like maybe ten or eleven and he would because uh, my parents were divorced it was like four and so I would always go back to Las Vegas where he lived and so I'd I'd stay with him for like two or three weeks but he would take me on dates and it was like thinking about it now it's like dude that is so fucked up he would take me on like an afternoon date we'd go like mini golfing with some woman and then we'd go. To dinner with a different woman so he was totally using you as like look at this cute kid 100 percent. i was just like this like oh if you're okay with my kid then like you know maybe i can sleep with you later on like it was just and then i would confuse the women's names like he my dad would be prepping me in the car he'd be like we're going out with jane but totally and then like but it, in the evening we're going out with jackie so he'd like prep me and i was just like like yeah it's like thinking back on it like fuck was he doing like that's a terrible idea yeah but so yeah your dad wasn't as bad as that like i'd obviously like they were married so there was no (laughs) yeah and then like eventually yeah they eventually found each other later in life got it got it did that would it because your father was older and people noticed that like did that were you like defensive about that were you just like yeah it was definitely like i mean being a kid you're like that's true. Your defense about everything. Fuck you. Yeah. Blah, blah. Your defense about everything, and you're like, yeah. so it was definitely a sore subject. At yeah, times because it was it was also kind of like weird because everyone like had younger parents and all that. So it was like, mm-hmm. feel like I was asked if like my grandparents stuff. I'm like, no, it's my parents. So it was it definitely got annoying. Right, and that was probably like in elementary school. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah when you were. Yeah, because eventually kids, they're still stupid. Right, but they're less stupid. Right, right. <laughs> but they're always stupid. It's very true. Um, and, and so, uh, but your uh, your home life was essentially like pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there was it was a happy marriage, and yeah. everything was was working yeah. out well with that. Good marriage, everything's good. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in Huntington. 
Right. Had a dog. Had basically a farm. Had a farm? We had, like, like my dad loved animals. Uh-huh. Like, we had, uh, we had Avery in the backyard full of birds. We had, like, a room in the house that was just full of birds. Really? We had, we had a toucan. Holy shit, I had no idea. We had, like, one of the huge parrots that can, like, bite a broomstick in half. Right, right. And I was just, like, a little kid, and we had... <laughs> We had, like, a pen with, like, rabbits in the back. And Interesting. And this was just, like... We had, this... like, my dog grew up with Tara, which is, like, a, uh, like a Lassie kind of dog. Uh-huh. Sure. So, the, and it was, this was just because your dad was so down for animals. Yeah, you just love animals. We also had... I, I remember... Like, I don't really remember it, but... Right. When I was younger, younger, we had a, a chicken. Wow. Um, I guess we had a rooster, too, if you look at me. Right. In the morning, so... <laughs> we were like, hey, so four in the morning rolls around... <laughs> This thing's yelling at us. I guess, I guess people hunting some beach, you know, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, that's not typically what you'd find in, like, a suburban home. Yeah. It was literally just, like, a normal house in Huntington. Backyard with so many animals. Yeah, interesting. So, do you think that kind of, obviously, got you started off on the right foot as far as, like, having yeah. having an awareness for animals in general and kind of informed yeah. your philosophically in the future? Yeah, I'm sure, like, growing up around a lot of animals and, like, my dad, I mean... He loved going to zoos and everything too. Mm-hmm. More like like uh, wild animal park and stuff. Sure, sure. Like open conservatories, right? Yeah, right, so right. we like go to those a lot as a kid too. So it was like grew up around like all kinds of animals. So it's, I think that helped with my love for animals. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's always cool to when you can trace that back to the values actually placed like by the parents. Where it's like yeah. sometimes it's like you know kid just finds it on his own or whatever. But it's nice to be able to be like, oh, this is like a generational thing. Yeah. Not like your dad was, you know, raw vegan or anything like that. But <laughs> I mean, my, my dad definitely wasn't <laughs> vegan or straight edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But he loved animals all the same. Sure. Yeah, but that's but still... he liked eating meat as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's part and parcel for that generation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so then, uh, so yeah, as you started to, I mean, uh, you know talking about your dad, I mean, we've obviously both experienced the same loss as our father passing away. I mean, yours was much earlier than yeah. mine. Um, so how, how old were you when? Uh, 16. Okay. Yeah. 16. Yeah. And my, my dad passed away when he, when I was 20, like 27. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was senior in high school. Okay. And so, oh, so I, for some reason I thought that he passed away earlier in your life, but so you had already kind of, you know, really started to experience like high school and your, yeah, your... yeah, I mean, I was, I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what school did you go to? Uh, Marina. You went to Marina. Yeah. Um, Vikings. Right. <laughs> and so what was your, uh, what was your high school experience? Like, did you, uh, it sucked. Hated it? Yeah. The, yeah. the sort of typical. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a lot shorter and fat and people make fun of me all the time. Like, yeah. I ditched my senior prom, yada, yada. So it's like, you know, <laughs> Wait, you, you, say, you said, you said you ditched your senior prom? No, I got ditched. Really? So you like, you went there. I went there with someone. And, and then. she ditched me. Really? Yeah. Well, fuck her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What's her Wait. first name? We don't need an outer last name. Janelle. Fuck you, Janelle. I don't know her last name. It's nice. okay. Yeah. But she ditched me. And then being the gullible, stupid, like, fat kid I was, I was like. She found me afterwards. Oh, I was looking for you all night. And I'm like, no, you weren't. But then I still took her over home. Right. But you're like, oh, okay. Well, you're just a nice guy. You're not a sucker. But she got hers, so. She, <laughs> she did. Okay. Like five years later, my old friend Nick told me that she saw me at a grocery store and I didn't recognize her. I just walked past her. And Burn. She got like super big. And she has like five kids or something. This sure. was like six years ago now. Sure, sure, like, sure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> living living well is the best revenge they say exactly um so throughout like at, throughout high school you know what when did you start to kind of discover like independent music and then how did um you know like how did your high school experience kind of like form around that um like did you did you get into music at all in high yeah school? yeah i did mm-hmm. i mean i was i was definitely like it i was later coming into things just because like like, I had friends, but I was definitely a loner for the most part. Like, uh-huh. like at school, I had groups of people I like, go between or whatever, but I really, like... Right. What what groups were you going between? Like, were you going between, like, the, the nerd All comic book kids and... Nerds, skateboarders. Okay. Sometimes some popular people, and then, like... Sure. Metal kids. Okay. Kids. I mean, I was, like, I was... You were a friendly. floater. I, I, was, I was definitely a floater. Okay. But, like, the people I, like... I grew up with hanging out were more like metal heads yada yada mm-hmm. which as a kid i hated metal for some reason yeah i mean i still hate like metallica and 
shit metal like that that they <laughs> all liked. Sure, sure. That's but, just never never something you were exposed to that yeah. you enjoyed. But so I was definitely like later coming around to it, like like my my first cassette was REM Monster. Oh, okay. My first CD was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's pretty good. Yeah. Those are those are both early nineties. And then my like childhood shirt I would always wear was a Depeche Mode shirt that I got as a hand me down from my cousin. Oh nice. It's like and I was like, ooh, I wonder who this is. So I listened to it and I listened to Depeche Mode a lot. I, you know. Yeah. Where'd you, I was, listened to like was music lot. music important to your parents at all? Like did they kind of Yeah, like okay. my parents always listen to music, like I grew up listening to a lot of, like, oldies. My dad, like, loved, like, hairs and oh, okay. all that. So I grew up listening to a lot of oldies. And then my mom loved Elvis and, like, country. And Got it. And I can't stand most country. Right. It's hot country. Sure. T-Swift. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, I grew up, like, around good music, at least. It was just, like, I didn't find out about, like, a lot of bands or, like, like independent music. Or, yeah, yeah. Right, right. What was your what was your gateway into that? Like, was it was it a friend that started to go to shows, and it was kind of like, oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, like I in it was either my like junior or senior of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I like knew like independent music, but it was like the bands that I, like broke kind of like Green Day and Rancid. Yeah, and that I mean, type like I mean, I mean, like, I grew up listening to like Green Day, Blink. Like, I mean, I was in like elementary school, like sure. all of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, there was like punk, whatever stuff I was listening to, but it wasn't like the indie side of it right 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 but i mean also like in the 90s internet isn't how it was anything so like unless you like had a lot of friends and you were yeah going to shows you didn't know of any bands totally like that much you know people's usually entry points are usually like an older sibling or like a classmate that is yeah and i was i was only child Mm -hmm. i like hung out as a kid playing with action videos yeah yeah. comics and eating way too much food right (laughs) <laughs> Nothing wrong with any of those. I know. Especially when you're a kid. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was definitely, like, I think, I forget what year in high school, but I started hanging out with, like, a few people that were, like, they're in a band, yada, yada. So, it was, like, I gradually got more and more, like, it was mm-hmm. probably not my senior. It was probably more, like, my sophomore or junior year, now that I think about uh-huh. it. Like, and gradually more and more. But I think my my, my first show was uh, uh, Under in Law. Oh, that's a good one. With... Uh, messed. Oh, and nice. Sugar it's good. Was that like House of Blues or something like that? Yeah, House of Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that was like my first show because they, the people I was like hanging out at the time, they like, they're obsessed with Under in Law. Uh huh. So, like, obsessed. Right. So you're like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was like my first show. Got it. Um, what? And so you, you said that your friends in high school were playing in a band. And so, like, were they were they playing like Chain Reaction and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, okay. like, they were playing Chain, like, Cody Barmichael. Like that. So I mean, I went to like sure. a lot of those places. I knew of like throughout high school, and knew like local bands. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, I knew like of music. Independent right, music, right, right. Wasn't like into it right. as much. Well, what, 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 what were you primarily into? I mean, I I'm presuming it wasn't you weren't playing sports in high school. No. <laughs> like, I so what were uh, you know like were were you by all definitions of the term would you be, call yourself like an indoor kid? Were you like yeah, yeah I like to homebody like play video games whatever i play video games like play toys still probably well not in high school obviously <laughs> that's okay no judgment well, not, like, my action figures. <laughs> right they'd but, be on display yeah like an adult display. does <laughs> yeah, exactly like like i'm doing again now that i have room <laughs> right but you know i would like play video games mm. uh watch movies watch tv sure sure completely lonely. yeah but occasionally hang out with people Sure, sure. Okay, I see. So then, towards drink your coffee. drink coffee, all like what? What was your first experience with coffee? Thirteen years old is when I started going to Starbucks. Really? Yeah. And you just immediately dove into coffee. I dove into coffee. That's insane. Grew up coffee. Wow. Okay. Imagine how tall I'd be if I. You'd six be three. So. I know. You would be like at least six seven. I should never gotten coffee. Yeah, just keep, well. Talk to me. I'd really like to do. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a study out there as to what age. Is caffeine allowed where it's like it's not stunning your growth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that would be interesting to see if you didn't drink coffee, how tall you'd be. I know. But it wouldn't matter because you wouldn't play sports, so it's not like it would be advantageous. I would just hit my head on a lot. <laughs> you'd have low clearance on a lot of stuff. Um, and so then, uh, so yeah, like you, going back to your father passing away your senior year, um, 
What did he pass away from? A heart attack. Okay. I grew up, like, he... He had a lot of, like, heart attacks throughout, like... Like, his, the first one, I think, was in, like, early 90s when I was a kid. He had a heart attack. So, yeah, like, mean, bypass surgery Yeah, like, uh, uh, in front of me and my mom, he had a... I forget which surgery it was, but it was... Uh-huh. He was he was dead for a little bit, like on the hospital and everything. And then he got through that, and then he had a couple more like heart attacks. And he uh, had a blood clot in his brain at one point. Uh-huh. He like we were like driving home from somewhere, and then all of a sudden, my dad just like started like dozing off as he was driving. Right. And then like I mean, I was like a kid, so I couldn't like drive or anything. Right. So, right. Like pull over, I call my mom. I was like, "Somebody's wrong." Blah blah. And then so my mom worked with my. Came with my mom to like drive the car, mm-hmm. and then like we got like with my mom, and then was hospital. That person didn't find anything. Then they eventually found like a blood clot in his brain. Yeah. Um, and then he got through that. Uh huh. But and then uh, in two thousand one, mm-hmm. uh, he at work like he would go to work early and then leave early, mm-hmm. and he would like take naps before he left, and because he would like go to work at like 4 a.m. or something sure so he would take a nap before he like drove home in traffic and stuff uh-huh or light traffic right and then he just like passed away like in his sleep while he's taking a nap so like at work in, yeah oh okay like the the shared like secretary for the mm-hmm. office like it's like oh it's off quiet and she went in and found him yeah 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 and then yeah there's bad hearts in the family right he died died of it my grandpa did my uncle almost did uh-huh so, so yeah um, this this already yeah, I mean, it's it's in the family, so it wasn't like it wasn't shock. Well, obviously, it wasn't shocking because your father had experienced it. Yeah, so yeah, many I mean, times so before. Like, I was sixteen when he passed, but then I like started experiencing like it happening though, like as definitely a lot younger. Because I mean, it was like in the early nineties when he first had his first yeah. attack. I'm sure that I mean, like, did that scare the absolute shit oh, yeah, out of like, you when I mean, it first it was, happened? It happened in front of like me and my mom. Like he was standing and he had a heart attack and he fell yeah and he clobbered his head on the wall like made a hole in the wall yeah yeah, yeah. Made a hole in the wall for like a while so it was like but yeah so i mean that was like i was just like sitting outside and crying like on the curb like asked my dad like when we went in at him so right 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 uh, that's yeah. insane yeah yeah so you like yeah you experienced that trauma and i'm sure it was one of those things where it was like did it become because it happened so often like did it become normal in a way where you were just i mean it was always i'm sure I mean, traumatizing but, yes and no. I mean, I kind of got, like, immune to it somewhat, but uh-huh. not really, like... I mean, all, all of that, like, fucked me up on many levels, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um... It definitely never became normal. Like, I... Right, like, it wasn't like, hospital, oh, okay, cool. Stuff. Yeah, cool, gotta go to the hospital yeah, again. It was, yeah, it was always, like, torture. Of like, course, of course. I mean, it was probably, like... Helped a little, like, each time. Or, like, right. started having earlier. Or, it, wait, maybe, maybe not so much, like, helped, but it was from the standpoint where it's, like... You at least knew how to react. Yeah. Like you knew what I mean. to do. Right, right, right. It definitely helped with, like, just understanding, like, not, like, completely, like, freaking out. And then it helped, yeah. I mean, it helped me doing, dealing with that younger when, when, when my mom was in the hospital. Right. Well, when she had, like, they thought it was a seizure, but then it ended up, I forget, or they thought it was a stroke, and then it between seizures mm-hmm. or something. Right. So, like, it helped me, like know how to deal with especially since i mean it was like just me Mm -hmm. there's people my mom's old work that came in and stuff you know like right um so help me with like dealing with that like sure but i mean nothing can teach you for like no being in a hospital while your only parent is like in a hospital bed like totally yeah it's not really completely coherent and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. for sure um yeah well that's that's obviously why you know i mean from what I've observed in your life, that's obviously, like, why family is, like, so important to you. And, like, yeah. the people that you care about, it's, like, you know, you want to keep them close and do what you yeah. can to potentially help them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> as as all that stuff was, was happening to you and, you know, like, did you, uh, you know, did you find solace in anything as you were kind of going through that, you know, tremendous loss, like, your senior year? Like, did you find yourself diving into certain things? Yeah, I mean, it definitely got me to... That was probably, like, what helped me get into mm. music and various things more, just because it was, like, something so you're able to pour yourself. Time, you know? Sure, sure. Like, I, like, I, after my dad died, I took, like, a couple months off school, just because it was, like, yeah. I didn't want to deal with, like, people asking, like, are you okay, all that shit. Sure, like, sure. Just too much. And plus, also, I was, like, traumatized from it. Of course. Sure. Right, right. But, uh, I think that I definitely... 
just started to try to get into something that I enjoyed. Right, like pour yourself it, in it. Sure. Trying to like lock away it all, you know, as, mm-hmm. bad, as bad as it is. But yeah, well, you you have to learn how to cope with something like that, and it's like it's not it's not easy when you're that young and yeah. you don't you know you're still you're still finding your identity yourself, and then to have that, and it's just like, oh, okay, uh, what am I supposed to do here? But yeah. um. So then, yeah, like as as you started to kind of dive more into it, like, you know, did you, I presume that you didn't like school from like a school perspective as well. Like your grades right. were, were amazing, I'm sure. That was horrible. A pluses. I graduated on technicality. <laughs> really? Oh, I think you told me about that before. Yeah, well, what was that? stupid singles living teacher. Like, like. A singles, is that like yeah. home ec? Yeah, it's basically home ec. <laughs> I've never even heard of singles, singles living. living. Learn how to sew, cook. <laughs> That's how to manage your bills. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Like, I wasn't good in the class, but it was, like, so I took three months off because my dad died. Sure. All the teachers, like, said, don't worry about stuff you missed. They'll be fine. Right. Like, like they, I'm sure they would send, grade, I'm sure they would send, it. like, homework home or something for you yeah, to kind of, like, keep up. Yeah, and then, like, any of the tests I missed, whatever, they're like, don't worry about them. Right. So, they, like, held me aware with that. But then, my singles living teacher, she decided to be a bitch and decided to fail me. Okay. And because I was failing, or going to fail at class, I you weren't getting wasn't going to graduate. Credits? Sure. But she didn't send home a possible failure notice, so fuck that bitch, I graduated. <laughs> but, See, then, but then I ended up getting cussed out by my English teacher, okay. Mr. Dodd, because he heard about it. That I, I, graduated on yeah. a technicality, yeah. And so yeah. Like, when he was like signing my paper, like being like, free did not like do the last like classes or whatever, you know? Right. Uh, he cussed me out. Got it. But... Yeah, I, I wasn't a very good student. Like, right. I mean, I'm not stupid. I just you didn't, didn't care. really care, and right. also like, I'm not like very good at <coughs> handling like homework and all that. Like, I was definitely not very. You weren't driven from that perspective. Yeah, I, I wasn't driven. Like, and did like, you did you have like I I presume because of that you had no like burning ambitions to be like God I I can't wait to graduate college yeah, I can't I wait mean, to go. It was like. I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get into good school, and so I was. I'll, I'll take my placement test. Yeah. Like my like I was I was really good at math. I never did did the homework, but I did do it on the test. Like I sure. I knew math. Right. Now I don't know shit, but <laughs> like I was in like pre calc or trig or whatever. Uh huh. Um, whichever one was better. Sure. And then like I could take another one, but I took a break. I just didn't want to do more. Mm-hmm. And then I took placement tests. And I'm horrible at like tests like that, where it's like you you, have to you're, read you're probably you're and, probably horrible at the anxiety for a test as well. Yeah, I'm sure, the anxiety and like all that stuff. So yeah, like, yeah. I got put in like math one or some like super super simple. Mm-hmm. So like I went to Golden West for like a week, and I was like, all right, this is all way too easy because because I was like how it was for all the classes. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting English good in like a lot of the classes, but right? I just like didn't. You were able to get get by without putting that much effort into yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Like, I was getting C's, whatever. Yeah, which was fine with you. Doing, right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really care. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to just get out and then go home. Sure. Watch cartoons. Right, right. Read comics. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever. So, like, I... Uh, you know, you, we, were just talk, we were just talking about you, like, your, your desires right. and to go So, I was, school. like, when I was at school, I was, like... All right, this is all way too easy. I'll just do homework and yeah, yeah. Days do sure. I think not go ever. Right, but then it led to like a week later. Like, yeah, fuck this. I'm just not going to do this. Right, anymore. right. So what was your uh, what was your first job? Like, did, did you? Um, well, technically, my first job I worked at going with Swami. Oh, okay. Guitars. I was doing guitar lessons. And this guy Eddie that had a shop like by my mom's old work. Okay. And uh, him and his now ex-wife did like a swap meet booth selling guitars and like old mm-hmm. movies and like random shit you know like that <laughs> so i like so i started working there like at like 12 or 13 i think starting oh, okay. that. and then then i also like on summers i would like help in my dad's work oh okay so my dad eventually worked at like some manufacturing company he was like one of the bosses and he was able to get you some like, summer work, like, various, like date entry and yeah, stuff like, like that. Yeah, date entry. It's like I'm a kid; they don't care. Yeah, like, of course. I can do that. Yeah, anybody can do that, and I like make money doing that. So I got it. I grew up like working. Mm-hmm. Also, so that's another thing I did with my time. I work. Right, right. Like, since I was young, I've always wanted to work for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. like do something with myself. Otherwise, otherwise, I'll just sit there and hate my life. Right. <laughs> so, I like grew up doing that, and then 
So uh, as you were kind of transitioning out of high school and into, you know, when you're supposed to go to college and yeah. you knew quickly that that wasn't something you were interested yeah, in. Yeah, I, I like, I worked at hunting, surfing sport, never surfed once in my life. So I sure. <laughs> worked there for a little bit and then I just like stopped going. Like I did with all my jobs. I had so much anxiety. You'd be like, oh, I'm quitting. I would just like stop Oh, going. so you would just straight up stop. Yeah, I would, I would stop going. But then like. <laughs> you're like, I don't need this for a reference. <laughs> yeah, and then I. I got called like two months later from uh-huh. like one of the employees and be like, Hey, can you cover my shift? And I don't work there anymore. I'm like, I guess they're still scheduling me <laughs> like months after, which is weird. That's incredible. Yeah. It's like that, that's a total glitch in the paperwork as well. Yeah. They're literally like scheduling me for like weeks after, <laughs> or months after. Cause that's... it was, it was, it was literally like a couple months after when like, uh, I forget his name, but like one of them called asked him like cover shit. Sure. Like, sure. I don't work there anymore. Like, you're still on the schedule. Like, I haven't, I haven't worked there come yeah. in, in like months. I quit in my own mind. Did you yeah. guys not get that? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what I did all my jobs. Like, okay. Uh, it's just what I did. Right. When I was a kid. And so when do you, cause I mean, I first met you when you worked at Revelation. Yeah. Like that was your. Yeah, like I, like I worked there. I worked at Long Drugs. I worked at a place I won't say. <laughs> and then worked, but. Uh, and then up until my dad died, we had like a Swami booth too. Like, we, oh okay. Me and my dad was also a Swami too. And then, uh, then I after after HSS, then I worked. At, was that was like, that in high school that you were, or like see or that was that was like I graduated. Okay. I was I was, I was working there over the summer, it was like a seasonal job, I was like outside like the sale, and then I got mm-hmm. hired. I was working inside, and then like I was like I don't want to do this, and I started interning at Fearless. Okay. And then that was when, like, Fearless and Smartphone were the same company, so yeah. I started working Smartphone. Then I worked there for two years, and then moved around a bunch as Nomad. Uh-huh. Moved to Salt Lake City, because someone from Smartphone was moving there, so I was like, oh, I'll go away. I was there for six months, moved back to California. Okay. Worked at Revelation, since I knew them from Smartphone days. Got it. Worked at Revelation for, like, six months. Then I moved to Kansas City for six months. Literally, it was, like, both years, it was, I lived Salt Lake City, July to November, mm-hmm. or June to November, and then Kansas City, June to November the next year. That's funny. And then the next year, in June, I moved to Jersey, to work Trust Skills Art Director, and then, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, it, when, two years. when you first started to, yeah, like, obviously, like, enter the workforce and starting to, like, become more accustomed to, like, because I mean, essentially, your first independent music job was like Smart Punk and Fearless. Yeah. So, like, well, you got the experience at Fearless, yeah, and then that kind of transitioned. Yeah, because like uh, throughout high school, like Fearless and labels, uh, Fearless, Fat, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I guess a lot before I got into music earlier. Now I think about it, because <laughs> before high school. Uh-huh. Like, my favorite bands were, like, Big Wig, Temple Pole, Fruit of Fall. So oh, I was yeah, yeah. into, like, that side of the punk. Okay. Um, and how, how did you discover it? Because, like, that, those are random bands to, like, yeah, get into initially. Like, yeah, literally my favorite bands were, like, Big Wig, Fruit of Fall, Temple Pole, Lagwagon, yada, yada. Was it just, like, a sampler you got? No, or um, it was, like, samplers, but also my my childhood friend, Russell. Okay. He was, like, those were, like, his favorite bands, and he showed got me. Got it. Okay. So, like, those were my... Like that was your band. Sure, sure. So I was oh, fearless, big wig, yes. You got know, it, got it. Thirst of Fall, yeah, yeah. It's like, because that was like the fearless I knew. Mm-hmm. And then like. Um, so that's why you were excited to be like, yeah, yeah so I want to I want to intern. Yeah, I want to know like, more. I like implied intern there. And then he brought me on and then I was intern there. And then they liked me and I was a good worker. So they mm-hmm. like me, someone else for smartphones. That's when like smartphone was like first starting. Mm-hmm. So was, there was one guy there that ended up like. There's one guy, and this guy, Sean, and the other guy ended up, like, I don't know if he quit or got fired, so then it was just me and Sean. Uh-huh. It was, like, the early days of smartphone. Sure. We did everything, and then uh, just worked there for, like, two years. Yeah. And so getting your taste with, like, kind of how that, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that have an idea of, like, how the music industry works. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> since, especially since that was the days when it was, like, Fearless and Smartphone, because, like, mm-hmm. it was shared warehouse, shared right. offices and everything, so it's, like, there was, like, stuff I would learn from the label side, and then also, like, from smartphone, I made a lot of connections, like, who had labels and, like, sure. friends this day and everything, which, like, every job I've had is because I worked smartphone, because like, mm-hmm. I was, at smartphone, I was a buyer and various other things, so, like, I dealt with labels and sure. distribution people and all that stuff, so, like, that helped with, like... All the future connections. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so, like, the... Because, yeah, like I said, people have a certain perception of how independent music... Like, how a job at a label works or yeah. whatever. Um, was your perception of that, like... You know, when you first started to work there and intern, was this, like, holy shit, like, this is how this works? Or is it, like, oh, this is kind of what I expected? Or... I honestly had, like, no idea what was expected. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, when I was interning, I was literally, like, taking apart CDs, drilling holes. Sure. In promos. Or, like... Yeah. Taking apart like broken CDs, put them into new ones. Mm-hmm. The days of jewel cases, you know, there's like sure, yeah, it's really annoying. And shrink wrapping and yeah, cleaning and then finding old at the driving vinyl sitting there and being like stoked. <laughs> and so, so then yeah, as you started to transition into smart punk and obviously work there, um, the you know, like, was that, because it was so small, was that really enjoyable for you to kind of, like, do, I mean, you obviously couldn't do whatever you wanted. Yeah, it was cool, because it was, like, I mean, in, in ways I could, like, I mean, at first I was just doing orders, yada, yada, but then, uh-huh. like, I started doing buying and various other things, it was, like, I could bring in, like, whatever I wanted for the most part. I mean, there's like, right. stuff I had to bring in, but it was, of like, because that's, that's definitely, because I started having my path into, like, throughout high school to more and more, but then, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, working there, it was, like, I finally, I, that was the start of me more so. Sure. Just because it was like, I got to be in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like found out about so much more like bands and music and stuff. Like, sure. That, that's when like the layers started to peel away where you were just like, oh, like I feel, yeah, I feel I mean, home in it, a way. It like opened it more to me. Cause it was like, through high school, I got more like all kinds of stuff. You know, I got like Opeth, Jimmy World, and, and various like other bands and obviously like obviously throughout that also like orange county hardcore bands mm-hmm. like that like sure some i used to hate and then i loved and then i hated <laughs> again sure all that you know i mean it's definitely like high school gradually started getting some more and then working there that was like, that, was, like once you did that like, it was like it's over like this yeah, is I mean, all like, of what i care about yeah so it was like every time we get new new shipments in three box of like new promos that they're working on so uh yeah I, mean, I, had, I had so many cds it was like i mean i'd go to bionic yeah and well throughout high school i'd go to bionic and buy like go to the youth section and buy like 50 cds at a time right 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 so that's like what i did sometimes i had no friends sure i'd go to bionic and buy cds throughout high school and sure and just delve into stuff one. just diving into cds it was like oh this this looks cool i'll buy it mm-hmm I wouldn't trust that logic anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, like in the '90s, early 2000s, it was a lot safer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like, well, you felt like you quality. Sure, you felt like you especially could, with like labels and precisely, like, you could trust labels. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this is this came out on Victory Records. This probably has to be good because yeah. they released. That was the stuff. day when like all yeah. those labels still had like their integrity and liked put out music that they actually liked. Oh, right, right, right. It, it, independent music in and of itself wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the proverbial quote-unquote cash cow that yeah. it could have turned into where people entered the independent music culture to make money as opposed to the way that it was where yeah. it's just like oh I'm, I'm here because i love this yeah this is all i know this is all i want to do and so with all that uh with all that traveling around and you know kind of like like you said you're just like a nomad and you were wandering um you know did that did you learn a lot from those experiences to where you're like oh, like, I don't want to be traveling around, I want to be in one place, or, like, how did that kind of inform? Yeah, I mean, it was, I just kind of got, like, bored, and Mm -hmm. so I just kept moving around. It was just, like, I'd be bored, so I'd uh, move to a different state. Yeah. Bored, (laughs) and I'd move back to California. Sure. Bored, I'd move to a different state again. Right. All that. I just, I think it was, like, like, after my dad, I had a lot of, like, depression, and, like, Mm -hmm. my anxiety, like, grew so much more, too, so it was just, like, when I wasn't comfortable, I would just like move to mm-hmm. be comfortable for a second, and then I move back when I wasn't again. Kind Interesting, of, you know? yeah, yeah. Try to just like it was a way to distract yourself yeah. in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you'd because, be like, so I keep like moving new places, so it's like the stress of being a new place and like having to do like all this stuff. You know, it was good at first, but then it just got like tiring. Yeah, <laughs> but I literally like moved to a place, and yeah, and then by the time that you had just like got everything out of boxes, you're like. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna go back. <laughs> yeah, and then like, like when I moved back from Salt Lake, I literally just like, like I had a Mini Cooper at the time, and whatever like wouldn't fit in my car. Yeah, I just you took a swap me. <laughs> no, I just, I just left from the unit. I like threw away all my dirty dishes, just threw them in a bag, threw them in the trash. 
<laughs> You're like, there you go. Left the couches inside, left my bed, which was a mattress on the ground. So I was sure. living in like a small studio apartment. Right, right, right. But I was bummed though, because my, I had like the, Ikea used to have this awesome CD case, like uh-huh. sliding doors. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was this really cool CD case, and, and this is when I had, like, I like, I like how you're like, you're like, my yeah, one regret of that time. Was my CD case. Is <laughs> leaving this awesome piece of furniture. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had so many CDs. <laughs> and I had all the promos I'd get from Smartpunk. Sure. The endless amounts of money I'd spend at Bionic every sure. week on new CDs that I didn't need. Yeah, well, then you can obviously sell your old promos yeah, that you're not then, interested in. Yeah, and yeah of course. Yeah, I don't need this it, anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a very anymore. vicious cycle. Oh, I know. Um, and so then, um, <clears throat> yeah, you're the I guess the longest job that you probably had besides SmartPunk was like working at Trustkill, yeah. like the art director. Yeah, because um, I was at SmartPunk for like, was it a year or two? I can't remember. It was like 03 and 04, but I don't remember how much of each year. Right, right. It might have just been like a year, year and a half. Sure. So I was there. Then uh, in Salt Lake, I just worked at Great Whale CD Exchange. Oh, okay. Worked there for like five or six months. Moved mm-hmm. back. Worked at Rev for five or six months. Got it. Moved. Kansas City. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Just like hung out. Did design. That, sure. was, that, that was when I was like more trying to build my design side of things. Sure. And then so you're doing a lot of like yeah. when did yeah when did that come into play like as far as your interest uh, in, when I was at SmartPunk because I did well I mean like throughout my life I like drew was into like like I would like redraw comic book covers and like whatever oh, else okay. I was a kid yeah and then when I was at SmartPunk actually that's when I was like they had me do like cool shirt designs for band stuff and then that's oh, when I it. like started your your the, the design and your interest in technology kind of started yeah. to really in in the design side of things definitely like, right like I mean. As far as, like, nerd, like, technology, like, I grew up, like, building computers, like, like, all my computers I built, and, like, because my childhood friend, Mike, like, mm-hmm. we were both just, like, nerds, like, we built PCs, yada, right. yada. That was exciting for you. Which is yeah. funny, because, like, as a kid, it was, like, I knew anything about a PC, and I'd do whatever, yeah. but then once I went to the dark side with Max... It was like now I I don't know how to open internet on a PC whenever I'm on. It's like how do you open? You're like internet? what are you? What is this thing? Yeah, this, this useless box. Exactly. But <laughs> so I see. So then, it, yeah, you were you were during the times where you were moving around, you were cultivating. You were trying to cultivate your freelance yeah. stuff. Like what, I, what did you call it initially? Like what you were uh, Barton Fink Designs. Oh, okay. Because uh, the movie Barton Fink is one of my favorite movies, so I named it after that. Okay. And then actually, when I was moving back from Salt Lake, I renamed it to No Sub Studios. Okay. And then when I was in Kansas City, I, me and my then roommate friend Blake, we were talking about like starting a label because like throughout high school and then throughout like all the jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. there's probably like four or five labels that I was like, all right, I'm going to do a label. But then like, like I had bands lined up and all this stuff and like some of the bands went on to be like, yeah, very do very good. well. Right. And then some like didn't obviously, but sure. So I mean, I had like four or five labels that I wasn't going to do, but then like, I didn't have money at all. Of course. So I was like working in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. So it was like... Hey, like, I have to pay my rent before I put yeah. on a record. <laughs> so I'm like, eh. So they never got off the ground. Then when I was in Kansas City, like, my... Oh, Star Labels, that's when No Sleep Records actually came into play. Okay. In Kansas actually, City. Yeah, because I actually designed, like, the logo there, designed the first website. Ah, got it. Started working on, like, a compilation, which was going to be the first release. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we just never got around to it. Sure. And then, uh, when I was moving to Jersey for the job, I was stopping in Kansas City. I was getting lunch with my friend Rick. And he's like, I know you want to do a band or do a label. Mm. Uh, I have a new band. It's all recorded. Recorded Bed Rose. Three song EP. Sure. We're going to pay for manufacturing, all that stuff. Do you want to put put your logo, logo on, on it? it and then have your first release on it? And I was like, fuck yes. And You're like, that's easy enough. Yeah. So then that came out October 2006. And then- Got it. And so... Uh- Kind of not not backtracking too far, but like why? Because um, you mentioned that you played guitar and you were taking guitar yeah. lessons. Um, what, did you you know? Did you never feel the bite to be like, I want to be in bands? I just I mean, there was like like me and Garrett, uh-huh. like started like a million bands, but never actually did anything. Oh, Okay, but it was also I wasn't very good at guitar. Like the bands I started Garrett, I was gonna see. Him. Okay, and like I mean, you can ask Martin. I wasn't very good at guitar. Like cause we were in. Uh, uh, musicianship together in school oh okay and i'd be the person like playing green day like during musicianship classes Got that's it. all i could play sure sure and i i stopped like the guitar path of things because like my wrists are so bad and they just like throb and hurt so bad all the time got it got it so i was all right i can't touch yeah. the musical instrument because i tried guitar and then i tried bass mm-hmm. 
and I just like couldn't. It all hurt. It all it hurt. hurt too yeah, much, yeah, so yeah. I was like, all right, I can't do this. You're like out of, out of necessity. I will not be playing in bands. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> then I wasn't gonna like seeing like there's a bunch of bands that like started theoretically with people. Sure. None of them the the idea has started, but then yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Happened. Sure, sure. Yeah. With that, that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, one one <clears> of the bands we were just gonna. So yeah, what what was like the first band that you theoretically started in your own head and like had a name and like had a what you wanted um, to do with it? I don't it. know the first, but one of them was with Gary. We were gonna start this band called Cousin Monster Said So. Cousin Cousin the Monster Said So. Oh, Cousin the Monster yeah. Said So. Okay. Um, I don't remember where the name came up from, but it was gonna be like a really like weird, like hateful, like grind, <laughs> okay, kind of metal, like whatever band. Sure. Like we were all gonna. Uh, I forget what. I mean, it was it was a gimmicky like whatever thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna wear Hulk hands for some reason. <laughs> there was like there was a gr- the idea was so grand to start off with, and like there was no actual. Like... Yeah, I mean, we well we we did one. <laughs> uh-huh. We did like a like uh, we did an ambiance like thing. Oh sure. And then like we were gonna be like, oh, we'll get kids in this. We'll like say it's like members of such and such, and we just like <laughs> spelled the band names wrong kind of thing. So like <laughs> that's funny. And and for those of you listening, the Garrett that he's referencing is uh, the warehouse manager at No Sleep Records currently. Because I so, I sometimes forget that when we drop yeah. people's names, it's like, oh yes, we sh- we should include the listeners into yeah. this. Um, and then that, Martin is formerly yes a member of a band with Ray Harkins. Yes, name Makoto. He played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, well, th- that band name isn't terrible because usually what a, a common theme amongst a lot of these shows is uh, like the people that play in bands they yeah. usually reveal their yeah, first I mean, like, band name and like that's. I mean, all of the band names. I mean, like all all the let you read the lyrics for someone. Okay. I will. I mean, I used to post on there. I'll never post again because it was some of the most like. <laughs> morbid fucked up things you'll ever read, read sure in life. that's incredible and then there was also another band i was gonna start with someone worked at uh smart punk with called uh welcome to dying okay that one was gonna be like a screamo like station kind of band okay uh all the lyrics were just depressing about suicide and sure sure stupid <laughs> um okay and so then uh yeah hit, hitting on trust kill and obviously like your experience with that you worked at trust kill for how many how long two how years two years okay yeah. They're like just under two years. Yeah, yeah. Moved there in '06. Moved back. And I'm sure, 08. I'm sure that was like an insane experience because it was like when you were working there, Truskill was still doing really good yeah, business. Because like, I mean, at SmartPlay, I learned various things from SmartPlay Fearless and that revelation. I started to learn like yeah. more label things and also distribution things. Since at the time, like Rev was still a label. Right. I mean, Rev was still a label, but you know. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like signing bands. Putting out of course, they were active time. in yeah, that. They're yeah. active, like, and then learn distribution side, work in the warehouse. And sure. also, like, so I, I got my mail order backing from SmartPunk for doing orders there, warehouse, distribution, uh, rev, slash mm-hmm. some label. And then Trustkill was definitely a lot of, like, the majority of what I've learned, I think. Sure. I mean, I learned, like, a lot throughout the mall, but at Trustkill was because. When I started Trustkill, Trustkill was at its, like, highest. Right. And there still like, wasn't that many people working there. Yeah. I mean, there was. There's like what six or seven? Yeah. Yeah. There's like six or seven. Yeah. Which I mean, for nowadays, that's a lot for a yeah, like an indie whatever label. Sure, sure. But I mean, because that was like 2006, things were like changing, but not as much, you know. Right, right, right. Labels were still thriving a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Trusco was still doing really well based on their old back catalog, back catalog, and like all their new releases from like it was like. The last, like, album or two from bands, you know? Right, right. But I mean, like... Because I got there, I think, when Always the Hardway, uh, Always the Hardway came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like... I forget what else came out, like, around then. Sure, sure. Like, Hope's Fall was still doing pretty yeah, well. Hope's yeah, Hope's Fall was doing good. Rodan was doing good. Right, right. Living Through was doing good. Sure. Wells Jericho was doing good. Right. They had, like, Terror was doing great. A lot of stuff going stuff. on. So it was, right, like, right. It was definitely, like, the... The highest Truscoe was, I think. Mm-hmm. It was when Trusco was switching from Red to Fontana also, so it was like, it was like a weird period when I first started, because like nothing was coming out really, just because it was like transition. Switching distribution yeah. companies, yeah. But, uh, it was the highest, and then obviously like, then I saw the downfall of a lot of labels, like while I was there, including mm-hmm. like the downfall of like Trustkill. Sure. And Trustkill was around for a while after I left. But of course, then, like, right, right. But it it had changed so drastically from what kids had known, like in the early two thousands, yeah. where it was like 
you mentioned trust kill and ferret and i was just like oh well those are those are the labels yeah like those are the exactly. labels especially like being in orange county because you're like yeah oh, all the local bands are like on trust kill basically yeah, yeah exactly and so then uh you were doing obviously no sleep in conjunction with yeah. all the work yeah, that like, you were doing like, no sleep was like my hobby mm-hmm. basically yeah you would um, you would moonlight <laughs> yeah and then i use the connections i made from like the other previous jobs and also at trust Hill to like keep it going right make new connections as a trust Hill and all that um got it um and so because i i'm not going to focus too much on no sleep because obviously people can find out millions of you've done yeah. millions of interviews that speak about how no sleep is started and all that type of yeah. stuff um but the i mean obviously no sleep is developed to you know I mean, it's your it's your full-time job you're able to collect a paycheck from it and that you know that's that's what people dream of yeah um and that's pretty impressive and it's it's really changed drastically for you from that perspective in the past two three years you yeah. know like i mean you could see that it, where it was yeah, going it there was you know various like moments where it was like wow this is just like came even more real and then like that kept happening like every year there's a moment where it was like uh-huh it just kept going at a certain point like getting so much bigger at a point where right like, right what was what was the what was the first kind of push that you felt where it was like you know it took you like even when you were maybe working at Trustkill, um the first push with the label where you're just like oh like this could sustain itself as far as like oh, the releases can kind of pay for one another and I'm not, like, paying out of my own pocket. I mean, it was more so, like, various people were, like, kept telling me that there could be something here. Yeah, I was, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was I encouraging. Did, I, I definitely never, like, up until, like, I actually was, like, receiving a paycheck. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, you know, like, even when I, after I got left from school, I was living back out here mm-hmm. and, like, focusing on those more. I was, like, doing design for the company at one point and then I, right. like, got office for no sleep and then that's when i really like yeah i remember i remember when that happened like because yeah. i remember people people quote unquote people were talking about was just like oh dude like no sleep got an office and like yeah. they're you know chris is really trying to take this somewhere yeah um and i just remember how uh you know people were really kind of like taken aback by that move but it was just i always thought it was really cool because it was like that was you just making the step where it's like okay i'm taking this yeah. as serious as i, mean, I possibly it was, can it was, it was a complete stupid move at the time really about it was like there was no money there was <laughs> i i owed like pressing plans everyone money but it was like, like I'm get off this. wait a minute this is gonna yeah. become a lot more real mm-hmm. i'm gonna do this i'm just gonna it was definitely like even after the office and stuff like a lot of like hard of i mean it's still hard yeah yeah nothing nothing's easy with yeah. independent but music. uh it was you know there's a lot of like turning points like i mean when like yeah, so like, as, what, like the early years, like what was the the first kind of turning point that you felt where I was just like, oh, like all these encouraging words I mean, people luckily, are giving like, me. Because I, I, I had just started the label. I had like one offer to for a um, distribution through a now defunct label slash mm-hmm. defunct distribution company partner. Uh, yeah. Where it was like, it was my first offer because I was going to work for him for one of his also now defunct companies. Uh-huh. But then it was like, uh, I'm not going to work here. I'm just going to move to, I don't know where I moved to then. Yeah. But then stayed in touch. Then he was going to like, he wanted to just show me about, I was like, hey, I'm looking at other options. Then I hit up Vic since I like worked around. I was like, mm-hmm. I just started this label. It's literally nothing now, but I really want it to be something. I'm sure. going to work like my ass off, yada, yada. Right. And I was like, would Rev want to distro it? Mm-hmm. And then true response. Yeah. Like, obviously when we take on like, more like labels with releases because I literally had like nothing out of that point. Right, you're like, I got two things out. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it was literally like I had maybe two things out. Like, <laughs> right. So she took a huge like helped me out massively because I was definitely sure. like awesome. I have distribution and I have like nothing out. Vic is helping me out a lot. Yeah. Rev is, yeah, I love everyone there. It'll be perfect. Yeah, right, yeah. right, so right. Like, that, that was one of the things that helped me out a lot because it was like I had a job so I couldn't do like trying to get stores to pick up stuff of like, course um, and it, yeah and it, plus it validates the label in a way where it's yeah. like you can go to bands and be like yeah we have distro through this and it's yeah. like oh we can take a, more of a risk on you or whatever. yeah like i mean some of the points were like, or like cool things were like when i was living in jersey we're in trust still like the i don't think they're out anymore long division magazine mm-hmm. when like 
they wanted to include me in like a label features like it was like five features on one page or something but i was like oh this is but awesome still, yeah yeah this is an f- amazing piece of press yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like it was no sleep he who corrupts i forget who else uh-huh and it was just like it was cool because it was like yeah someone's like recognizing it you know so like that was the, probably like the first like sure those are the first things and then like when i was like recognition like in the industry side of things like when like well like a stupid thing like when like the upsides was in billboard like in the heat secret charts like that was cool it was like oh it's yeah but i mean billboard. that's not that's not stupid because yeah. that's that's like you it wasn't you know your lifelong goal to be like god i can't wait to make it into billboard but yeah. because that happens it was, it was like, just a really cool thing it's like yeah it's great I, I, I never thought i'd see like no sleep listen to billboard i mean obviously like if this was like even 10 years ago right the numbers for the things that we're doing like wouldn't be in billboard you know <laughs> sure sure but but still yeah yeah, yeah. those was that and then like like when i got office that was a cool like moment and mm-hmm. then i got even better distribution and bands started doing really well and right right then when we actually like got in the top two hundred, and then when you and then when you bought when you bought the mansion that we're sitting in currently, yeah. like I mean, yeah, that was... I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was it was it was great living in my office for a year or two to save money, <laughs> and just buying, paying for food. Right, you're like, this is I literally the only thing I can afford. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, was, it was cool when I was able to actually like move out of the office yeah. and live have. Have Somewhere a nor- have a normal life outside of and then that. Again, like get my own place to where I can like. Yeah, you can have a, a an appropriate work life balance separation. Where yeah, because like, living at the office, I mean, save money and it was cool. But then it was also like that shit gets old pretty quick. It got it got really old. It's just like <laughs> I woke up, I was at work. I mean, obviously, I wasn't supposed to be living there, <laughs> right? And there was like a horrible bar next door. Yes, and the worst like clientele ever, and they'd be like. The walls are so thin at the office, and music would be horrible and so loud. You'd hear Sublime at like two a.m. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to fucking sleep. Yeah. And then there'd be people smoking weed outside the door, kissing in the like, yeah, plants in the front. Sure. It's definitely sometime I woke up to some guy was leaning against the glass, and some girl was giving him head. They're just like, and like I couldn't say anything because I'm not supposed to be sleeping or like living in office. <laughs> so That's like, amazing. You're like, there, like, all right, I'll all right, take this. I'm definitely not supposed to be here, so I can't like stop any of these people from doing it. <laughs> I can't like say anything. You can't scare them. And then like the bar will find out, and then they'll be like, oh, I think someone's living there, and they'll tell on me. Right, right, right. <clears throat> You're like, I got to keep it an extremely low profile. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, kind of in conclusion with everything, um, you know the. Well, it's two parts of this. Like one, you know, you like watching, being involved in independent music for, you know, a long period of time, like for myself and like watching people kind of, you know, like essentially grow up where it's just like, you know, people, you mentioned Martin earlier, where it's just like, I mean, I met him when he was like 14 years old, like watching people kind of develop and like grow into, you know, an adult in some way, shape or form, um, whether or not that they still have all of their, you know, 15 year old passions (laughs) intact, like we both do. Um, and it was just always interesting to see kind of, you know, like your journey and like how you grew up with, you know, a lot of obviously, like you said, baggage coming into it, where it was like oh, all this personal tragedy had affected yeah. me. But Which helped me to dive into it because I was like trying to right walk out real life. So I was just mm-hmm. wanted to work, wanted to do what I like because it's like if I wasn't doing this, I have no clue what I was doing, especially yeah. the moments I was like, all right, I'm going to get my neck tattooed, I'm gonna get my hand tattooed. Let me get my job stopper tattoos. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, now I really got to make this work. Right, right, right. I don't want to work at wherever. Yeah, some insurance company or whatever the case may be. And hide everything. Right. It's so hot. <laughs> we're, we're turtlenecks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, watching you develop and, like, watching you, like, you know, grow into the person that you are now, and obviously you're still growing, but, um, you know, like, the, like, do you feel that that is directly related to the fact that, you know, you've experienced all that you've experienced like with the label like you know did the label kind of force you to grow up in a way like, yeah i mean it definitely did. like i mean i i mean i'm still like socially awkward and have anxiety of fucking like wazoo and sure. like all these things and yes i said wazoo <laughs> it's okay but, and you also say yada yada and it's incredible <laughs> so, um i mean it definitely helped me to grow on many levels because before i like started working for all these places and before i like starting to no sleep and starting to like have to talk to a lot more people. I was definitely like, <laughs> I was a lot more closed off and yeah. a lot more like awkward and 
had a lot worse anxiety. Like, uh-huh. I mean, now I'm like, I'm good in my own world. Yeah, yeah. it helped me grow to like to deal with life things. Right, like, step outside your comfort zone in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone says I'm still in my bubble, but I don't like Orange County. But that's okay. <laughs> I feel safe in Orange County. Yeah, the, well, the, I think there's a huge difference between staying in like a geographical area oh, yeah. and then breaking out of it yeah. from a mental standpoint. Yeah. So. I mean, it definitely helped me like grow up a little. Like I'm still like awkward and weird as can be and like have horrible anxiety about like everything like i don't like going to new places not myself or anything like that like i want to do it yeah but i'm definitely a lot better off and a lot easier to talk to people yeah it's easier, and i've been able to handle life situations a lot i think from it too you know? sure 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 i mean i know even since i've known you i've like you know mm-hmm. it's i think definitely surrounding yourself in something and being a part of something you like and putting all into it helps you like grow up as a person too and like you know yeah mature on many levels yeah professionally personally etc etc yeah for sure well um i hope you enjoyed this in some way shape or form good good you were good you revealed stuff i appreciate that welcome (laughs) 